Hey, oh my gosh, here we are. Bonus episode. Today we're talking with Rachel and here's the thing. We're covering anxiety. We're covering like hard topics and hard topics because it's really hard to admit that we have these things going on. And I think Rachel is really coming here to help us change how we communicate with that. What are we saying in those moments? Not only to ourselves, not only to other people, like what are we projecting? What do we want to put out there? And, you know, regaining the perspective that we aren't always in control of it, but naming it gives us more than we had before. And Rachel's on such a beautiful journey with all of this and championing and finding her own way through anxiety and all the things that come along with that. So I'm excited for this bonus conversation. I'm even more excited for just like the world and how it gives you the people you need right when you need them. And that has been Rachel kind of since the moment we met. We actually spoke at a conference a couple of months ago. And I think the funnier thing is we probably aren't two people that ever would have walked up to one another and said, hi, I think you look like someone I would be friends with. Um, But (laughs) sometimes that's where the best friendships start. So (laughs) let's go. Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast. You know, this whole journey, the entirety of this work really was based on this idea that I had shown up in life feeling fine, feeling just fine about my life. And I had decided that fine wasn't good enough that I wanted more. And more than anything, I decided that I wanted to live life on my terms for the first time ever. And season one, the very beginning of this podcast, of this daily journal podcast of what a journey out of that place looks like, season one really explores a ton of different paths to what was meant to be my destiny. And now we're moving into season two and there have been twists and turns that I could have never expected starting this a year ago. Starting to just show up and ask questions. And if you want to start all the way back in season one, you can start there. If you're starting a journey, it's a great place. There's a lot of exploratory vision work that happens. There's just a lot of movement through understanding myself better and understanding what I even wanted my terms to be. Now that we're moving into season two, this really becomes sort of the coaching portion of walking, walking that dream taking those first steps, some of the things that might happen to you, some of the things that have happened to me as I explore and move into this new path. And so it's really just meant to walk along with you. If you ever needed someone to hold your hand, you ever needed a community to support you changing and challenging and growing, that's what we're here for. We're here five days a week to help you keep growing. That's what the Death of a Dream podcast is all about. We're so grateful that you're here.
Hi, welcome back. We are like really on it with these bonus episodes. I'm just saying like no pats on the back, but like every pat on the back that's necessary. We're doing bonus episodes and honestly, every guest just is more and more amazing. And that's why we're talking to Rachel today because honestly, like, uh, I don't know, anxiety and overwhelm has, has and still you know, contributes to just kind of having to keep a constant pulse on my reaction to certain situations, on things that trigger that and kind of spiral me out of control. And Rachel has just come a really long way on her journey with anxiety. And so today we're going to hit that, talk about it, and just dive in a little bit deeper to kind of normalizing this, this response you know, and, and being okay with being anxious and talking through it. And so Rachel, welcome. Tell us a little bit about you and why you're here. Oh, well, I'm Rachel Caffrey and, um, I don't, my, my formal training in anxiety is I deal with it every day. Um, I've been through, uh, different therapies and things like that. And um, I just, in the recent, I'd probably say in the past two years, really started trying to get a handle on it on my own. Um, and I'm not to discount anybody in therapy, not to discount anybody that is getting help. Um, it really just didn't quite vibe with how I wanted to um, handle it. Um, and it's there and here we are. Um, it's just really trying to figure it out on my own. And then if I need extra help, I know the resources that are there. Um, I, as for, I guess, job wise, I work as a graphic designer, um, trying to build my own business. Um, and I've been in that realm of skills for the past like 15 years. Um, but my heart is really to help people not feel so alone in their own mental health uh, journey. Um, and I hope that develops into something that people, um, okay. Um, sorry, that was my kid. So here we are. We have those interruptions. We have those. Um, <laughs> and just let people know that they're not alone in any way, shape or form to um, just know that there's other people that are struggling and going through the same thing. Yeah, and I, I think you hit on such an important note, and we talk about this a lot on this show, um, not always related to mental health, but always related to just you and your own knowing. So you were going through therapy. You probably knew that that had worked for a lot of people and that that was a great option for a lot of people. And part of that journey probably felt a little bit when it wasn't working for you exactly as promised or planned. Um, you know, how did you release yourself into finding new options or finding different ways to approach this when that wasn't working? Um, I think really the last time that, go get dad, please. Your um, dad is there. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last time that 
I was in therapy, um, the and this could have just been the wrong type there, wrong therapist for me, but um, I really didn't go back. She indicated that I'm not the one that needs to be here and she can't help me. So at that point, as, as discouraging as that sounds, and it may be extremely harmful to somebody else, at that point was really like, okay, I am really on my own um and i really need to buckle down and figure this out because i am literally losing my mind and for i guess when you talk about anxiety the fear um for the fear of going down a darker path than i intended i'm like i have got to get a grip on this somehow some way um I have to figure it out. I have to figure out where this comes from and what I need to do with it. And when when people talk about where it comes from, you you want to you want to gravitate gravitate towards your childhood trauma. And when I started going down that way, I couldn't couldn't find anything of significance. I mean, there was certain situations Mm -hmm. that I know that were there and I know contributed to it, but there was nothing like super mega that would have caused, caused this. Um, And I know, and, and of course I know that you don't have to have any major significant trauma to have uh, some issues surrounding trauma. I get that. Um, but it just, it felt different than delving into my past being like, oh, here's, here it is. This is, this is it. And I can move forward from it. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that totally makes sense because everybody's journey is so drastically different. And that's why we need so many voices coming out to speak to these things because you're a hundred percent right. Not everybody's going to have that like one telltale sign that necessarily indicates this response to the world right now. And so walk me through, you know, you, you went back, you probably found some guidance of like, let's go back to childhood, find it. You don't find it there. What next? What was your next step? And how did you find that? Um, I really, I really, I guess, tried to figure out at what point was that shift. Like, I know I've always been anxious and introverted and and weird and outcast. Like, I knew that. Um, And that's always been, I don't want to say always, because it it, it was always, like, seen as a negative. When you talk about somebody that's weird or an outcast or doesn't fit in words yeah I mean it's 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 always a negative thing and I'm like no it's not because that's who I am like I can't change who I am because when you start doing that you lose yourself Mm -hmm. when you start trying to be somebody that somebody else wants you to be or the world wants you to be you you lose your sense of self and I think 
that was part of it realizing like you're trying to fit into something that it doesn't feel right it does it, it's not you i mean yeah you're you're living and you're going through the motions and you you're, you're succeeding but it's it's not who you feel you are at the core and so that disconnect that depersonalization of who you are and what you're doing to who you see yourself as is two completely different things. Um, and so tr crawling back to that, and then as well as trying to figure out where, one of my anxiety things is control. Um, you need to control the situation, this person, this whatever, and it's trying to figure out the control of the chaos. Um, and one of my, when I really looked back into it, um, it really started getting bad when I was pregnant with my youngest because there was some, and it, it sounds really weird when I say it, but the main thing that I could pinpoint was we ended up and, and everybody deals with this mostly if they have outside pets we ended up getting fleas when I was pregnant with my youngest and it took us a while to get rid of them and I'm like I can't that's when it started I think that's the the one indicator that it started spiraling because it was I mean you really can't control it I mean your your pets are in and out and you're trying to take care of it but it takes a long time right so it's just that back and forth so i think that was an indicator and then it just i never at that point i never knew that was it like that was the thing that was going to set so the next probably four years was a really downward spiral really fast and really out of control um so just in this last probably year and a half to two years i've really started like okay this is what this is what your anxiety is telling you and what it means and so let's unpack it and take a step back instead of letting it just go yeah and and i think you know when you started the answer to that, you said something so important there was like, this is who I am. And, and you know, you know, at your core, as soon as you start kind of venturing down, changing um, who that is to kind of fit, you know that you're only going to be able to hover for so long above your reality. Um, you know that it's like a quick spin and you're right back into that place. And so it's not even worth, you know, trying to be something other than what you are. So you know you're gonna end up worse than where you started from. And I guess that walk back really looked like you accepting yourself and loving who you are versus fighting it and trying to change it. Yeah, and anybody that'll ask, I will always introduce myself as an introvert and an awkward person like an awkward introvert that loves coffee because I mean that took me a really long time 
to understand that being awkward isn't a bad thing. Being an introvert isn't a bad thing. It just means you process things differently. You see things, you see the world differently and not everybody's going to understand and that's okay. Um, I, I do find myself explaining things longer than necessary and then it gets into awkwardness and you're like, why, why are you explaining this? Stop talking. <laughs> and then it just, you know, it just goes into that, that repetitive, like, stop talking. Nobody wants to hear this. Why are you the way you are? And then it, you're just like, you know what? It's fine. And I, and usually in the conversation, I'm like, okay, now we're getting into the awkward pauses. So I'm out. Hmm. Um, so just coming into realizing like, it's okay to see the world differently and it's okay to understand things differently. Not everybody's going to be on the same level. Right. And, and part of that pickup, you know, it seems like, and we talked a little bit before, it's, it's like a deeper understanding of people's thoughts and responses. So you don't even have to hear that you're going on and on. You can pick up on what people are thinking and feeling into, in the response to what you're doing, which makes it that much harder to kind of venture out into the world um, when you do pick up vibes and energies like that, um, mm -hmm. especially if you're someone who's a little bit different you know, you're going to, you're going to pick up that read instantly. So how do you navigate that now in this much better space? Um, I, it's really about, you know, when you hear the term read the room, um, with people that see the thing world differently that can, you know, pick up on a vibe super quick that becomes super important. Um, like I can walk into my 11 year old, 11 year old's room and like know whether to bring up a certain subject or just not even touch it. Um, and I've really been trying to be in like asking like, Hey, I kind of feel your little name emotion, like agitated or frustrated or down and um, do you want to talk about it? Is, did something happen? Try and kind of like gain that, gain a little bit of information about how maybe I can steer a conversation. Um, and that's kind of another thing is trying to name the emotion, even within myself. Like mm -hmm. I feel, yeah, something's telling me I should feel scared. Uh, it's probably my anxiety because that's your response to anxiety. Anxiety is a fear response. So are you really scared or are you a little nervous or apprehensive or you just need a quiet moment? You know, what, what, what can you do to quiet the, the, the red alarm that's going off? Um, and it looks, that looks different for everybody. Um, and it looks different for me, depending on the, the warning level. Um, is something small being like, oh, maybe you should just like 
you feel a little out of control. So maybe declutter something or um, vacuum. Yeah, some people think, and a lot of people um, would think, why would you vacuum if you're feeling overwhelmed? In a way, it blocks out all the sound because um, then you're not, you're just concentrating on one sound and you're not overstimulated by everything else. Um, yeah, that's, that's a whole other thing that we could get into is the, you know, sensory overwhelm, quiet versus loud versus loud silence. Um, that's, that's a thing I struggle with and I'm trying to figure it out. Um, because I do end up getting sensory overwhelmed, but I hate quiet. So that's, <laughs> that's completely different. No, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm with you on the hating silence. And I think, you know, the, the silence, <laughs> something we all avoid, do not kid yourself, um, whether you have anxiety or not, um, which I think everybody honestly has, anxiety um, in some instances, but sometimes I think we don't let ourselves get quiet enough to even know what we're feeling. And that's just, uh, that's, that's committing to numbness as a whole emotion and avoiding all the rest of them. And I can attest to really committing to numbness for a long enough amount of time um, that I can tell you, you can't run far and fast enough before it catches you eventually you'll, you'll have to sit in the silence. Um, but it's deafening for a while until you fully understand how to kind of capture and control those thoughts. But I do agree with you, the, the cleanliness of a home. So even if it's vacuuming, um, for me or decluttering that I feel like gives me control back control of the energy in the space in which I inhabit. Like if, if, if it's messy, if it's cluttered, if it's chaotic, that energy impacts me. And so if energies are off at all, I'll always assume it's an energy that I can control versus potentially my children or my husband or whatever. Um, and so I feel like that's my go-to. We're going to, we're going to get yeah. this clean. Um, absolutely. And, and take that control back, even though sometimes it has absolutely nothing to do with that. But I, I think the significance comes in with just naming that, naming that energy, because that takes a major shift. That actually takes you acknowledging that you're having those feelings. And a lot of times we're told just not, not feel them, just put up a motivational quote or, um, you know, share, read a book, something. Um, and here we're saying, no, name it, like mm -hmm. feel it um, because it is a response. Is that one of the things that really helped you take back control and kind of switch the narrative on your anxiety? Absolutely. Because, um, Anxiety really hates being called out. And so when you call it out by, even if saying, oh, I'm feeling really anxious right now, it's almost like a, like, it's like a shift being like, wait, 
she's on to me, you know, and it's, it's that like, okay, yeah, you're here. Hi, I acknowledge you. We're not doing this today. Mm. And then it's just, then you can control. It may still spiral. I do find myself still running in a circle, but it's slower. It's not the instant, like, my God, I have to I have to do this. I have to get away. I have to, you know, furiously clean. I have to do something to control this spiral, which then just makes it go faster. Mm -hmm. Um, Where you can be like, okay, I'm feeling frustrated because my kids aren't listening. I'm feeling anxious because uh, I know I have to, one of my things is, um, especially now, um, I have to go run to the grocery store because we're out of xyz and it can't wait till the next online order um that's kind of a a anxious feeling for me um but i'm like okay you know you can sit there and control like you are anxious because you have to go out in public and you have to venture into what can be perceived as an unsafe space um But you know, the way to control it is, yes, you're anxious about the store, but you know exactly inside the store exactly what you need is. So you know your path and kind of planning that out instead of mindlessly wandering the aisles um, to find whatever you need and then getting five other things that you really didn't need um, is really helpful with reducing the speed of the anxious thoughts um really naming the maybe not even the root cause but naming the feeling that it is causing Mm -hmm. and then later once you're out of that negative spiral of the anxious thoughts and the the, you know, you're not good enough and all that that come along with it, you can really unpack it of, you know, why did this become an issue instead of simply getting in your car, going to the store and picking up milk? You know, why, why was that a, a thought pattern, you know? Um, and, and that that does open to, like you said, the deafening silence um, because you do really have to sit with that and unpack it. And it's not always fun, and, but it needs to happen. Um, and sometimes, sometimes acknowledging it and being like, okay, yeah, I'm anxious, and then maybe not unpacking it for a while um, seems to help me um, because I know mine is lingering. Um, something can happen three days ago, and I'm still thinking about it. Um, So leaving it to be like, okay, this happened, and I handled it, but maybe we'll, we'll figure it out another time. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, that tracing of that back, and then that was a huge key, waiting until you're ready, whatever that looks like for you. So I know recently you spoke about this topic and that was the first time that you had done that. Um, How cathartic was that in just like 
openly naming that you experience this, um, you know, because I think everybody has a little bit different outlet, but at some point there's like some admission of, and I wouldn't say guilt, but admission of acceptance that you experienced this. Um, was, was that helpful in any way? It was because I think um, when I think about that talk and the response afterwards was really amazing on that people felt heard. And I think that's my main goal, even within myself, is I just want to be heard. I don't necessarily want to fix. I don't necessarily want it to be all better. I just want to be heard and sort of understood. I don't expect anybody to fully understand my headspace because I don't even, and I, I don't know if I ever will, maybe. Um, but the response to that was like, oh my gosh, I've had these thoughts and these feelings and somebody else is talking about it. Like I'm looking in the mirror when I hear this person talk. And that was amazing because it's very isolating being, feeling like you're alone, feeling like you're this horrible person because everybody tells you you can't be frustrated at your kid because they're making kid noises. You know what? You can because they're super annoying. I mean, they are. Seriously. And especially if you deal with sensory issues of, you know, just random yells and noises and screeches and you're like, there's words here. Let's, let's use words. But it, it was really good because it just named the fact that you're, you're not a horrible person because society tells you, you can't be upset because something went wrong. Well, you can be. And the, depending on the level of um, disappointment that's there, you have every right to be upset. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. I think long, long time coming, um, has been this kind of uprising of people who are now like, no, we have to experience these things. Like it's okay. And I love my, um, seven-year-old, her, first grade teacher is walking them through like the fullness of emotions and meditating and um, utilizing yoga. And those things are so important because a lot of us were raised with the opposite, right? Like, nope, you, you shouldn't feel sad. It's not okay. To, we need to feel happy. We need to feel happy all the time. And, and pretty soon if you have those feelings, you're like, oh, I'm not allowed to. And when they start encompassing you, um, you start to feel even more lost. And so you're right, that word and that admission and someone just saying what you've been feeling because you've been told that you aren't allowed to feel that is just such a beautiful release for people because it's real. Like being disappointed or sad or name the freaking emotion that's negative is okay. And no, you can't just pump yourself up and play a song and do a workout and probably be over it. Like we have to get out of that being the normal culture because not everybody 
lives there and is mentally okay there. You know, eventually even those people are going to wear out of that. Um, and they'll be right here with all of us experiencing <laughs> bad emotions. Um, but I, I, I just think your approach is, is so beautiful and, and just life-giving and real really like this is still something that you're very much in the thick of. And so I really appreciate you coming on and, and giving us some real tips of what worked for you. You didn't go necessarily a conventional route. Um, probably the norm or conventional route kind of failed you, or you came to an end with it, um, where mm -hmm. it wasn't serving you anymore and you kind of found your own way. Um, and I think that that's, really beautiful. And as you continue to do that, you know, I hope you keep sharing this story because the world definitely needs more voices like yours, um, more voices that do look and sound different from the norm. Um, the world is a little bit over the norm, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard because everybody thinks the end result of whether it be therapy or self-development or figuring out their own journey is to be happy. And that is such a far reaching goal that sometimes just being able to acknowledge that you're okay and that you're enough is it. Like if you're way down in the pit and you're up to level of being like, hey, I'm okay, then that is, that is perfectly fine. I think the unattainable goal of being happy all the time ends up becoming that soda bottle analogy where you're just keep stuffing, 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 and then something shakes you up and it explodes. Um, and I, I struggle with that. I still struggle with that um, with not, a, if I don't acknowledge it, and I'm just like, you know, I don't have time to deal with this right now. And I just, it'll stuff and stuff. And then, and I find myself not circling back to unpack it and it does end up exploding. Um, but it's a process. Um, and like I said, I'm only a year and a half to two years to really, really acknowledging it and figuring it out. And slow growth is okay. Mm -hmm. Taking it to really delve into it is fine. Um, would I have faster responses if I would have continued therapy or found a different one? Probably, but I don't know. Um, and that's, that's okay too. But yeah, the striving of, oh, you have to be happy all the time, or the end result of your journey is to be happy all the time is completely unrealistic. Because there's an emotion spectrum there that is always going to be there no matter what. And when you sit there and go along that spectrum and acknowledge like, I'm here, I want to be here. How do I get, how do I get there? Um, and that is really just trying to figure it out and acknowledging that emotions are there and what response they cause. And if the response is, I guess, warranted for the situation is another thing that I really try and figure out. Like, is my kid really being annoying just to annoy me, specifically calling me out 
to annoy me? Is my response warranted of a punishment or an ignorance? So it's just trying to figure out where you're at and the response given. And then if really if the response was not what you wanted it to be, to circle around and realize there's there may be an apology needed to mm-hmm. someone or something and then not to top that off not sit with the guilt that your initial response was a little inappropriate um just being like okay i acknowledge that my initial response was pretty bad i'm sorry let's move on right but that guilt there is is pretty high, <laughs> I think, with anybody. Yeah, it's no exact science for sure. Um, I think what you said there is is super important. And here's where I land on that. Like happiness, I think you just informed me on my journey. And that's always the beauty of having guests on this show. Like, oh, oh, good listeners. You think it's for you. No, 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 no. It's, it's for this girl sitting right here. Um, I think that's so true. You know, I've been striving to like find and, and, and just capsule that happy. And like, we've gone on a very long road of identity journeys and like lowness and sadness and, I think you just bring up one of the most beautiful points in that like it's not going away. And to think that you can outrun it is to to just live in a fool's world. Not real, never going to happen. And I, you know, I, I guess the thing you can hope for is that you're doing like you're doing and, you know, finding ways to live with the reality of who you are. So does it look like three weeks of happiness out of the four? Does it look like one day of happiness out of the 30? Like whatever that reality is for you, acknowledging that everyone's reality is different and finding people who do match with that and are in a similar place on your journey. Because finding someone who's seven years out of this same work that we're talking about here that really has really good control, that can be someone that you can follow for inspiration, but maybe not someone that you dig into all of their work and look into it. You know, you might want to find someone like Rachel, who's very much in the thick, who's going to kind of be delving you reality of the situation that you're in right now. And that's the beauty of the self-development kind of world is that there are so many more people getting in and allowing themselves to communicate the fullness of who they are and not try to look like who's maybe up on top right now. Um, And so I think the biggest thing that you've told us today is to find what works for you and to not settle for something that doesn't speak to you or that doesn't help you. Like you are who you are. That's your identity. And even if that looks like sad, that doesn't mean that you're broken, right? Absolutely. Uh, okay, well, wow. I'm gonna have to like uh, take a little break after this recording and really sit and just think about all the, the truths that have been served up to me here. And I hope everyone else gets to do that too. Um, 
Do you have anything else for us, Rachel? I mean, please don't blow our minds anymore. We probably can't handle it. <laughs> um, no, and it is it is mind blowing because it it is really epiphany moment, and and they're really moment that all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, this this light bulb, and then I just you, had one. <laughs> Thank you. And you, you sit with it and. Um, you really just try and figure out like, wow, that's really what's been happening. And how then you then you take the next step of how you figure out how to go forward. Um, and like you said, I'm still in the thick of it. Um, I think a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. And really um, just the realness of knowing where where it would come from, where, how it affects you and what your level of okayness looks like. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be taking that one in and uh, sitting with it for a little while. Cause I think that's, that's such a good truth pill to swallow at this point. So Rachel, we're going to want you, like, if you aren't sharing more of this content you need to start. Okay, here's permission. You have all of our permission here. Um, because everybody's going to want to find and follow you. You do do really beautiful graphic work, but I think this is such a cool journey and approach to, you know, a side of people that maybe aren't getting spoken to. So where do we find you? Um, well, you can find me on Facebook. Um, yeah, just search my name. Um, and I think I come up like three different times. <laughs> um, I'm on, gosh, I'm pretty on any social media. Um, my Instagram is mom somniac, um, which people find it funny, but I'm like, well, it is me. I'm a mom and I have insomnia. So let's put them together. <laughs> and what mom actually ever sleeps. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, any social media, um, most of my social medias are connected to my Facebook via Linktree. So everything's there. Okay. And we'll be sure to share all of those links um, in the show notes. And as always, you can head over to my Instagram because my Instagram page, The Death of a Dream, is always committed to only following people who have impacted this journey um, so far. So Rachel will definitely be on that list now. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for helping to guide us all on this journey that we call life. We really appreciate you being here. And as always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thanks for listening today. Really, don't you feel like you just grew? I mean, seriously. So since you probably aren't going to remember any of the links that she just dropped, seriously, come on. I know I'm the same way. I have put it all in the show notes. That's where you can like, follow, and inspire your Insta feed or wherever you hang out. Be sure to follow my last guest. As always, we do perform based on reviews. So feel free to give us a shout out wherever you find stars on your podcast app. We always appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening and joining this community today.